the CFRN E-Mini Futures Cast is now on Stitcher. Listen to us on your iPhone, Android phones, BlackBerry, and WebOS phones. Stitcher is smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at Stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. You're listening to CFRN, a community of believers who trade for a living. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and how we do it, call toll-free 1-866-928-3310. And we'll send you out a no-obligation information kit absolutely free. 866-928-3310. Good afternoon. Welcome back. Today is Friday, 19th day of July, 2013. You're listening to Releasing Kings, the podcast, with uh, myself, your host, Dwayne, and the author of Releasing Kings, John Garfield. John, welcome to the show. Hi, Dwayne. How are you? I'm good. How's your week been? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> In fact, that was that's my very first question for you. What's a week like in the life of John Garfield? What do you do? I mean, I know you're a busy guy. You write books. You do conferences. But give us a give us a peek behind the curtain. What's it like? What's going on? Right now, I'm working as an engineer 11 hours a day. <laughs> so it's kind of busy. <laughs> I have today off. Once every other week, we get uh, a Friday off. So it's being an engineer in the real world and making... to arrange conferences for this fall. When is your next conference? We're shooting for uh, early November. I've got a little bit of an echo going on. Are you on a different phone or or headset perhaps than you were last time? I think so. I think everything's identical. Um... Anything change? Uh, okay, now that sounded it sounded like you came a little bit closer right there. Okay. I will <clears throat> got a new mic, so we'll have to just see. Oh, okay, works. so there is something different. Okay, new mic. Actually, it was new last week, so you, we put up with it one week already. Okay. All right, so you're working, you're doing the engineering thing. Uh, do you now... Releasing Kings was that your first book? Yep, it was. Is, is there another? Is there another book in the works? What, what's going on there? <clears throat> I have um, been putting everything I know into uh, newsletters uh, routinely, and uh, we have. You know, I first we did books. I thought that was the answer. Then we started doing conferences. Those were even better. And uh, more recently, I'm, I'm seeing that uh, coaching is, you know, one of the more effective ways to help people really bring this home in a way that lands in a business plan. You know, it's one thing to preach about dreams and uh, do conferences and write about it, you know, at a theological level, even a practical level, but people don't really take it on board until it becomes personal and uh, shows up in their cash flow. <laughs> So that's the most recent. I'm sorry, I, I, boy. Let, let me. Let me. Maybe it's my headset. Let me turn up my headset. Maybe that's 
Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's maybe it's on my end, the volume. All right, let's try that. So what was the last part right there about cash flow? We've just been been using coaching as a way to help people, uh, you know, solve or, or make the application of the truth of releasing kings in their own personal lives. Okay. Still got an echo? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but we, we can work around it. Um, as our, it seems like last last uh, or two Fridays ago now it's been. I, I seem like I recall it being crystal clear. And then you had, in an email you had asked, uh, "What can I do uh, about the audio on my end?" And last last week you sounded you sounded perfect, I think. And, and today it could just be me again. Uh, it's just a two way street. So anyway, let's not get tripped up by that. I want to talk to you. Does that, Go ahead. Does that change anything there? I'm adjusting. You my sound volume. good. You're you're nice and loud and clear. It, it it was that my headset, the volume on the incoming sound was turned down a little bit on my end. Oh, okay. Now let me ask you with the uh, with the engineering and with uh, you know the ministry and conferences. Uh, I know that you also uh, are a trader. How do you find time? <laughs> The alarm goes off at 4.50 and uh, take a shower and eat breakfast and, uh, and catch Michael for uh, about 45 minutes before I leave for work at 6. And, uh, and then I catch the usually the gold market on the Australian Open in the evening. It's about starts moving about 6 o'clock our time. So that, that's how I trade. Not the not the ideal situation, but yeah, sort of at a practice level, so it's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna bring up I'm gonna bring up a gold chart here for just a moment. This won't benefit anyone who's listening to the podcast after the fact, but I just want to see what gold looks like. What time of day is it that you're uh, looking at? You say the Australian Open? Yeah, it'd be about three Eastern. It's, uh, so you're on you're on West Coast time. Yeah, it's about six p.m. Pacific. Has you know some there's an occasional night where it's kind of dead, but it's usually fairly perky between uh, say 5:30 and 7. Okay, this is August gold. Oh, that's let me fix this chart. How did the thing get on two minutes? Let me put it on a hourly for right now. Okay, <clears throat> here's an hourly chart of gold. And it's about what time? Because my clock right now on this new computer is set to Pacific. What time is it? Pacific time that you're looking at the market? About six p.m. Let's see. Uh, Australia, Japan, uh, open about five or six Pacific time, and then uh, Hong Kong opens about seven or seven thirty our time. Seven thirty so our time gives about three markets going. So that's going to be about 1,900 hours our time right in here. Okay. Let me throw a little volume up there, see what kind of volume is going on. Yeah. Okay. I can see right here there's a big spike in volume. Yeah, it's not, not perfect. 
there's some, some movement so you can trade it. Now, um, when you go in in the mornings, you say you're catching a little bit of the live trading room with Michael. What, what stage are you at? Are you trading alongside with him, or are you just watching uh, to see him go through the setups? No, well, I, uh, I caught two of his losses this morning. Did you? Okay. <laughs> right alongside of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, that lets you know. Uh, <laughs> For real. That's a reality <laughs> check right there. And were you in the partners meeting last night by chance? Yep. Yeah, I was. Okay. And so we talked a lot about that re that reality factor, and also, you know, the fact that we now have the live uh, trading room videos up. I think that's going to be very beneficial to to all of the uh, traders because you'll be able to go and, especially for those who do work during the day and you aren't able to be in the live trading room every day. You can just go and sit and watch an hour or two hours. Whenever you have spare time, there's live <clears throat> trading on tap. It's like a faucet. You can just turn that thing yeah. on, and there's live trading. You know, trades are getting stopped out, and trades running to their target. Because I think it's really so important that a person um, get, you know, acclimated to the trade setup so that they can see it coming. Yeah. There's a bunch... Much of a substitute for um, taking trades yourself, you know, sticking to one contract and get them. Say that again? It, it's hard to substitute for um, taking, you know, low dollar trades yourself. You know, I, I like the idea of following Michael's lead as a means of learning. That's what uh, I really enjoy about CFRM. Okay, I was doing a uh, little search on the web today, and I came across a question that someone had posted. Has anyone read Releasing Kings for Ministry in the Marketplace in research for supportive material for the entrepreneurial ministry that's beginning at my church? I stumbled upon this wonderful book. and This is something that was submitted by a Jacqueline in Philadelphia. Uh, don't know... Uh, what church she's affiliated with at all, but it caught my attention. It says here are some. Uh, she says here are some excerpts from the book. Kings, the term we use to describe men and women who harness wealth and influence in the marketplace. We've talked about the seven mountains: the business, government, communication, education, entertainment, finance, the arts. Who are naturally competitive, creative, and decisive. Who are being used to fulfill the great commission. God is going to use an entrepreneurial people to fill the whole earth with his glory. And then there's a quote of Acts 6, 3 through 4. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Then are you entrepreneurial? Thirteen ways to check. That really caught my attention. And where is it in the book? I looked through the table of contents, Sean. I couldn't find it. Uh, Do you recall offhand? I think uh, that might be in a newsletter. Oh. <clears throat> or it could be a chapter in the second book. Let me. I'm not sure I can pass that pop, please. 
Hang on, let me let me uh let me search this real quick. Maybe I can find it. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna because I, I did a Google search to see if it popped up in a newsletter or something. Are you entrepreneurial? Have you ever wished you could be more creative and personable? The kind of person that can invent new things or spark new ideas when they connect with other people. What does it mean to have that entrepreneurial spirit? You'll find out in the next few paragraphs. Best of all, you can cultivate those same 13 characteristics. The marketplace is an exciting new frontier for those called to ministry and evangelism and business. The first one that's listed here, and I don't know if I'm... I was looking for a list of 13 because it, the subtitle is Are You Entrepreneurial? 13 Ways to Check. And there's a number one in this little post that she had put up on... This This website is called christianbusiness.tribe.net. Not uh, a site I was familiar with prior to this. So... Is there actually 13 ways to check? Is that correct? Do you have like a checklist that people go down? Is that in the book? We, we, uh, I'll take the assignment to find it for you for uh, next time we get together going. <laughs> okay. Well, off the top of your head, can we talk? Because I, I know that some of the folks who are listening in, they're still trying to find their place in the kingdom. You know, right. am I a priest? Am I a king? Uh, who am I? What am I? Am I a farmer? I mean... Yeah. What advice can you give? The, uh, you know, I was thinking about something related to that today. I mean, that's everyone's challenge to uh, to to have a good answer for that. And I think the thing that throws Christians off the most is just trying to live up to some prescription about what that should be. And you know, if you uh, sort of believe. You know, don't see the kingdom, but do see the church. Um, you know, the the model is the the model of leadership is preaching. So if you're going to be all that you can be for Jesus, you know, you're going to have some kind of a preaching ministry, you know, mm -hmm. have a pulpit. You know, that can take several different avenues. You know, from missionary to pastor to uh, traveling evangelist, but there aren't that many choices. And now, I believe you've, you've told me, uh, we talked about last week, you pastored for a while, correct? Yeah, we started two churches over a 13-year period. Okay. While we were being an engineer. <laughs> so we did all that on overtime, too. Uh, wow. But uh, that's, you know, once you uh, sort of cross the bridge and realize that God is using people in a kingdom outside the church then uh, you know you can sort of recast what's possible in, in terms of the desires of your heart and what happened to me and happened to you too I'm sure is that uh, you know you want to you want to do the right thing for Jesus because you just do you're wired that way you want to please the father and you know theologically you know if, if the church is the only thing happening then the pastors, that pastor is the only way to, to really please the Father. You know, that's the ultimate. And uh, I, 
I was I was just competitive enough and aggressive enough to say, okay, if that's what we're doing. Why well, I'm going to be a pastor and we're going to plant a whole bunch of churches, right? Okay, <laughs> you probably did that too. Uh, I, I run into all kinds of people that have been down that road, and there really are there really is such a thing as a person that's called to be a pastor. So I'm not making light of that at all. I, I believe in that. No, no, no. I, I I know some of those people. I know them quite sure. well. I know. And I know that I, I, I know now that I'm not one of them. I don't. Yeah. It's not that I don't have, uh, you know, a part of the Father's heart, and that I don't uh, care for people. Right. It's just there. There is, there is something very unique, very special about. Now, there's a, there's a lot of men that carry the title of pastor, but. Yeah. There are men who are yeah. pastor, and, and when you meet one, at least for me, when I meet one, it usually doesn't take very long, uh, you know. And I, I, ju- you just know, you, ju- yeah. you just know. Yeah. Um, and the reality is, Dwayne, that that uh, you can have you can have sort of a pastoral gift, and you know, but you don't have to be a pastor. For, for example. We do a lot of our conferences in churches, and, you know, so we're targeting the businessmen and women inside those churches. And uh, after almost every conference, you know, I, I always share with people, you know, I was a pastor for 13 years. I know what all that's all about, but I'm not a pastor now, and I'm really glad to be where I'm at. And uh, somebody comes after up after every conference and says. You're really still a pastor, aren't you? At heart. <laughs> <laughs> and then, do you think? Do you think you are? I have that gift to a degree. Yeah. I don't think it's the, the strongest gift, but I, I really love people, and I, and I uh, just love uh, you know setting captives free. So in that sense, I, I guess I am, but I don't want anything to do with you know running a church. I, I do want to come alongside pastors and help you know make their load a little lighter. But uh, I, you know, what I really enjoy is is trading. I really enjoy releasing kings. I really enjoy uh, business. I really enjoy strategic uh, aspects of uh, you know international cooperation. You know, it's uh, the world's bigger than one local church. <laughs> the kingdom is a lot bigger than that. It is much bigger. Yeah, we've been a part of a church. We're currently a part of a church in Mexico and, of course, in Africa. And I have a, I have a church in downtown. I know we've talked about this already. I have a church in downtown Phoenix, a historic church that uh, it's serving the community. Friend, a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor Daniel, uh, he preaches there every Sunday morning and Wednesday night with his congregation. And that's something that I've really agonized over uh, because I felt, I don't know that I felt, I, I guess I thought, I, we've talked about this too, I, th- I, was, I thought I was supposed to be called. And so, me, I, I always got to do everything in a grand way, you know. <laughs> Most guys that are called to go get a little storefront uh, yeah. somewhere, but I ended up <laughs> with, a, with a full-blown church only to find out and realize that, okay, so not not really my calling, but it's I've still been able. It's God's got this incredible way of weaving it all together, 
so that there's absolutely you know nothing yeah. wasted and everything that's done is for good reason. So yeah. I'm still I'm still finding my place in all of that. A lot of people, um, you know, they they get up, go to work. They do their job, pay their taxes, love their wife, love their kids, try to be a good parent. But they, yet there's there's some yearning in them, some some yeah. unfulfilled place. Yeah. And, and what can you? How do? See, I think I wanted you to say, "Oh yeah, I've got the checklist right here." It's kind of like with the trade setups, you know, step one, step mm-hmm. two, step three. It makes things easier, but there isn't always such an you know easy way to go with the checklist. Uh, but to those people that are really, you know, they want to serve God, and they just don't know what their calling is. It's not because they haven't asked. It isn't because they haven't prayed about it or had prophets prophesy over them about you know what God's called them to do. And I know that's something that Harold. Uh, now, Harold had a word from me when I met him, uh, your co-author in the book, Releasing Kings, yeah. Harold Everly. Um, what can you say to these to, to folks that are still looking, searching? Well, I think the, the first thing is you, you already touched on a, on a concept that I, I really am excited about this particular week. It, and it's in Romans 8.28. It says, we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And then it goes on to talk about, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed in the image of his son. And then those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. So it, you know, it gets right back to a verse we talked about last time in Genesis 12, where it says, you know, I will make your name great. And uh, I actually felt that was a you know a verse for Dwayne. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> when, we were, when we were talking last week, but when you know when we uh, I think the first step step is to give yourself permission to dream and just look in your own heart and and see what you want to do. You know, in a in the sense of finding what you know both the Father and I, you know what what's our mutual passion. That, that I, I can honestly say I'm really excited about. And we talked about last time, it's probably not a vote. <laughs> so the, what, what, I think the thing that makes it possible to, to really see the tapestry of your own history point to something in your future is when, uh, number one, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've truly been forgiven for every mistake and every sin I've committed. You know, I truly get it that those things are off the table and, and God really does throw them in a sea of forgetfulness and they're as far from him and I as the east is from the west. That that I, I really get it that I'm totally forgiven. And from God's standpoint, that stuff gets erased out of my history. And uh, so I'm I'm white, you know, before him. I'm, I'm washed, I'm right. cleansed, I'm forgiven. You know, free, and you, when you get saved, you feel that. And uh, when you make mistakes after you're saved and go back and repent, you could feel it over again. <laughs> that God's not mad at you. <clears throat> and and the second thing is that if you can forgive other people that have you know done, done you wrong, 
or sinned against you or offended you or hurt you, if you can take those things off the table, and let me just say this too, sometimes there are circumstances, sometimes it's just, you know, the only person to blame is God, and, and sometimes we have to go that far, you know, and just say, okay, God, I, I admit it, I, I blamed you for this. And once we get to a place where, you know, we've really forgiven ourselves and really forgiven other people, other circumstances, and then take a, a look at our history. What's left is a tapestry that points to our destiny. Then all our history makes starts to make sense. And, and God, although He didn't, you know, cause that. I mean, some of them were, were some of the, our history is, you know, self-inflicted gunshot wounds. <laughs> right, right. And uh, some of it, you know, was impossible. We've all got us. a little Barney Fife in us, sure, sure. Yeah. Some of it is also stuff that was outside our control. But either way, once you once you take the uh, sort of the animosity out of out of our own hearts toward all those things and, and look at it objectively, you realize that God either already has or can redeem everything that's gone on and and turn it into something good. And when you really help people through the process of understanding their own history and then come to that question again, okay, what do you want to do with your future? You know, that, that experience, the passions of our past, you know, that, all that stuff is connected to our future in a very graceful way. You know, God is just, the, you know, <laughs> that powerful, that, that wise, that loving, that uh, he knows how to redeem our past and and make and leverage it so it has you know some something advantageous about our future. So I've got you know lots of negative things in my past, but you know God's done a great job of of redeeming all of them. And uh, I even have a list of ten things that that uh, <laughs> you know he uh, he fixed. Yeah. And uh, that puts me in a position when something goes wrong. You know, I have confidence that even if it was the devil that did it or somebody with ill will, that somehow God can take that situation and uh, and use it for good. So that I think that's one of the biggest keys is to realize that you know uh, the future is not all all prescripted. You know, it's not all mapped out, but we have the ability to choose the thing that, that God designed us to do and go out and do it. And if, and by the other hand, if we choose not to do what God called us to do, <clears throat> he can find somebody else that will say yes. Yeah. And uh, I think the biggest key is just learning to say yes to what I'm specifically called to do, what's in my metron, what's the sphere that, that God has called me to do. And, and that puts me in a place where I'm doing nothing more and nothing less than trying to be who God designed me to be. I'm trying as hard as I can to just be John. And uh, that's good enough. You know, that that in itself uh, is something so profound that he, he's willing to make my name great uh, just because of the glory it brings him. Okay? So, I'm... That's what's wanna, exciting about individual lives is you can find that theme in every person. So, 
I want to latch on for a minute to that, that scripture that you just referenced in Romans. All things work together. <clears throat> Finish it for me. For good. Mm -hmm. Those who love God and are called right. according to his purposes. Okay. Now, never fails, good old King James. Uh, always got to make it just a little bit hard to understand. Uh, now, if we had Frank, Frank, are you here in the audience, brother? Because Frank could just tell us what the uh, yeah. what he the amplified yeah, the what the amplified said. He could he could give us seven translations and never draw a breath. Yeah. Uh, are you there, brother? <laughs> what was that you wrote? Mental filibuster. I love that. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> you know, I he must have had a, an important meeting because he always tries to be here when he can. He's he's a guy that shows up for everything. I, I love that about you, Frank, because I know you're going to listen to the podcast after the fact. So, yeah, we're talking about you, okay? All right. I'm a Frank's so, fan club, too. <laughs> this guy, man, he came into my life out of nowhere. I'm guessing, let's see, I think it must be coming up on close to a year now. Could have, should have been last. I know he was sending my kids stuff at Christmas, so... Uh, I'm going to guess just without even looking at any records, maybe seven. So it's coming up on a year, September, October of last year. Those, those of you that don't know Frank, you will. Uh, he's going to have to do a show or something. That guy's got so much energy and such uh, he's well-intentioned, and it's, it's so funny. <laughs> you just got to know him. This is the guy. you got to know him so that you can truly love him. And so I want I got to orchestrate a way that everyone can get to know Frank. If you, in fact, if, well, I tell you how you get to know him. All you got to do is come to prayer every morning. Let me just plug the prayer breakfast um, every day at 9 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. We gather, and who's we? Anybody that wants to be a part of we, that's you. You come now. It's complicated to give out this address. I should have thought that through when I created the URL. The unique resource locator or the webpage name, but it's the Traders Prayer Breakfast, but it's got hyphens in there. So, if you're listening to this podcast after the fact, I'll put the link into the chat room for anybody that's tuned in live. All right, but if you're listening after the fact, just go to Google and type in Traders Prayer Breakfast. At this point, we're still the only one. I'm sure it'll catch on, but right now we're the only one. We'll pop right to the top. If you click that link and then bookmark that page, it's the same phone number every day, so you might just want to put it into your phone, you know, uh, in your smartphone. Save it as a contact, prayer breakfast. And, wow, what a great resource to have in your pocket. You're walking around, uh, living life, and in your pocket is a little miniature computer and you know that every day, Monday through Friday, at 9 a.m., you can hit a button on that thing and immediately be connected with your family, with like-minded believers, with people who speak your language, people you can pray for, people that will pray for you. Uh, this is all just kind of coming to me right now in a stream of consciousness, what we've created and the ramifications uh, Kathy kind of spoke about that this morning to a degree in the prayer breakfast uh, about you know what, what what's really going on here, and it is a powerful thing. And so I encourage anyone who's listening either live right now or via podcast, please come and be a part of our prayer breakfast. Bring a friend, bring a family member. You don't have it's called the Traders Prayer Breakfast, but you don't have to be a trader. 
you don't even have to have an interest in the markets because we don't talk about the markets. We talk about the things of God. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. I, now, I got into this whole thing about the prayer breakfast just because if you come, you'll hear Frank talk and pray and encourage people, and you too can know and love my brother Frank. Okay? He's a... <laughs> As the old saying, uh, when when God, let's see, the old thing, uh, when God created him, they broke the mold, right? And then shot the mold maker. All right, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> come meet Frank. I really do want you to come and hang out with us and pray and bring friends. And I'd love to see this thing grow. Uh, we have, I don't know how many people, it doesn't matter. We have a pretty steady growing number. And I'd love to see it just blow up and get, get really huge. We can start having our own conferences somewhere. But uh, come and hang out with us. Get to know the people that are on the call. Bring your requests. And just have that peace of mind knowing that no matter where you are and what's going on in your life, you can be at work, you can be at school, you can be doing the dishes, you can be driving uh, somewhere. You can dial that number, put it on speaker, and you're there with people who speak your language, fellow believers. So do that by all means. So now back to this scripture that I want to latch on to. All things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Tell me again. Those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All, all those who love God and are called according <clears throat> to his purpose. Now what's your interpretation of what that means? Called That's according an- to his purpose. Purpose. What is it? What is? What does that mean? I think it starts with loving God. But the you know when you okay. say uh, called according to His purpose, the, the concept of pursuing your heart's desires is pursuing the desires that are also in the Father's heart. I mean, He doesn't have one desire in His heart, and then wire Dwayne up with a different desire that's not in His heart. Um, so when you say called according to His purpose, it means you've tapped into that, that whole thing. And what very few Christians realize, or I guess it's you know, in an in awakening state or a dawning state or a, you know, a, a state where people are coming to the realization that you know one of the big ways that, that God communicates with us is through the desires of our own heart. And Jesus um, John fifteen fifteen talked about that. You know, I no longer call you servants from, but from henceforth I call you friends. And the very next phrase is ask whatever, and I will, I will answer your prayer. He, he repeats that uh, about five times in John fourteen fifteen and sixteen, and then in Psalms uh, there's a lot about you know ask for the desires of your heart. So. We're programmed, you know, because we are, are taught that, uh, you know, in the fall our, our hearts got all contaminated and you can't trust them. And we're evil and all our righteousness are as filthy rags and all that, all those verses of Jeremiah 17, 9, where it says uh, the heart is deceitful and wicked and who can know it. Right. If, if you read every one of those verses in context, uh, you, you just can't honestly extrapolate them to the entire human race. You know, they they were speaking 
of an individual in a specific situation or a group of people at a specific point in history and uh, you know it, it is true that we all have a sin problem and need forgiveness, and that grace comes through what Jesus did on the cross. That's absolutely true. I'm not taking anything away from that, but we are also created in God's image, and, and there's something very precious in, in God's people that, you know, between the way we're wired and the, and the spirit that he's placed within us, good things come out of that if we let it. So I just think you know, called according to his purposes, uh, you know, you've figured out how to be yourself enough that you can become uh, who God wants you to be and do what God wants you to do. Take your share of the land and the kingdom, you know, throw the enemy out and possess what he's given you. So, I mean, that's what's now, there's a, there's a scripture, I believe, that says uh, many are called, but you are chosen. How do, how do we weave that in here? I think every one of us are, are called. Not not everyone, you know, gets this whole thing figured out in a way that that we really exercise, uh, you know, a hundredfold uh, level of you know the increase He has for us. So I just think you know God chooses people that say yes, and although. You know, not everyone's going to heaven. Lots of people are, but even of, of those who are on their way to heaven, no doubt, not all of us say yes to the, the calling that God has on our lives. And, and but when we do, there's a chosenness that goes with that, and uh, you know, it's special. It, it means that you know, when you when you really tap into what God has called you to do, He, he chooses you right back. You know, when we choose his purposes, when we choose him, when we choose to uh, really um, be all you can be, you know, be the be the marine if you want, think of it that way. <laughs> he chooses us back, and uh, you know, it's it, it's a thing that multiplies or snowballs, if you will. Um, so when you step into your own destiny, there there is an anointing, there is a place of favor there, and, and it really is different. It's not the status quo. It's not checking into work every day and living out your life and waiting for the pension and retirement and hobbies and all that. It's it's another level. It's it's an exciting level. It doesn't mean we we're too spiritual to have families or too spiritual to have fun. Uh, it, it means we become ourselves so much that we're more alive and more available for our families. And we have a lot more fun than, than any other lifestyle that's available to us. I think that's a you know a related topic of just uh, you know when you really connect with who you're called to be, we call it being you know connected. It's the abbreviated term, okay. being connected with your own heart, and uh, that's a special place to be, and that's a different kind of person when, when you're really comfortable in your own skin confident that you're doing what God's called you to do, that's a great place to be. And, and I, I agree. And so that, but so back to that scripture. I know that was a little side alley there with that many are called and fewer children. It's kind of tricky, aren't I've it? Always, I've always, I know, I've always, I've always puzzled over that, so I just thought I'd throw it out there and see if I could trip you up with it. I yeah, appreciate uh, that. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> At least I can do it. <clears throat> now, 
Okay, so all things little, work together. You've got a little Frank in you too, don't, don't you? Yeah. I do. I, okay, so all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Okay, now, but okay, I understand that applies, but not to my situation right now because I made a couple bad decisions over the last few days and kind of in a mess, and so. I mean, I, I believe that scripture. I believe that everything really does work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose, but but not what's happening in my life right now. Everybody faces Or does it? Or Everybody. does it? See, then I'm, th- I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not, sp- I'm not speaking about my own life, guys. I'm just speaking. Uh, I think that a lot of people encounter that speed bump in, in life where, that scripture is powerful and it sounds great and it applies to your life when everything's going well and you've made the right decisions. No, it applies to your life when you've made a bad decision, when it looks like this is the end. I think even more so, even more so, when you can't see which way's up, you can't see daylight. There's, there's no way out. There's no hope. This is the end. I think more so than ever, that scripture applies to you and to your situation. I mean, because it's easy to be happy and praise God and talk about the things of God when you got money in the bank and food in the refrigerator and the kids are behaving and the wife's faithful and all that stuff. You know, we can, we can all be uh, spirit-filled when things are going good. But when we're up against the wall and we're broke and things aren't happening and maybe the wife's not faithful and the kids are on drugs, who knows? Good Lord, forbid it all. But all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So in other words, as long as I love God, and when Jesus left, when he when it was time for him to pack up and go home, he said two things. A lot of stuff had happened, but he said two things. He said, you know what, guys? Love God, love one another, you'll be all right. Yeah. And he went on to say, upon these things, you know, hang all the laws of the prophets. So in other words, he's taking everything that happened in the Old Testament. He's just packing it all up and going, uh, you know what? Love God, love one another, you're going to be okay. So here I am, whoever I am, and my life's a mess. I've made some horrible mistakes. Things are not looking good. This cannot end well. And that scripture... All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So I want to encourage someone who's listening to this call. Your life may not be going right right now, but as long as you continue to love God through it all. There's a song, a great song. uh, I'm going to praise him through my circumstance. I won't attempt to sing it. trying to think of the. And the, the official name of the song and the group that sings it, it's, it's a great song, great praise and worship song or contemporary. You know what song I'm talking about, John? I don't. There's some sisters, some ladies. Uh, it's a real upbeat kind of a pop tempo song. I'm going to praise him through my... I'll, I'll see if I can Google the lyrics here in a minute. But if you... So let's set the stage. If you can love God through the circumstance, through the problem, whatever's happening, okay, I love God. Now, as long as I can be called according to his purpose, then if the word is true, then whatever this mess I'm in, 
God is going to work it out for my good. He's going to turn... I don't want to use that phrase. You know what I'm thinking. Uh, he's going to... He can make something good out of this mess, okay? And only God can do that. God can take the worst set of circumstances and turn it into this awesome miracle. But then, so we... All we have to do as believers is we've got to love God and be called according to... His, that's, so that's why I'm wrestling with that. Now, that one I didn't put out there to trip you up. I, I really do want to try to mine through that because I think if we can implant in people's hearts that whatever's going on in your life right now, it's yeah. by divine order. Yeah. It's not by chance or happenstance. <clears throat> and I don't know. Let me make, let me see if we're on the same page here. Do you, do you agree with that? I would make this caveat. <clears throat> I don't, you know, when we say... Talk about predestination and God's sovereignty and uh, being called and elected and chosen and all that stuff. Um, I I cannot blame God for everything that happens. I, I can only say that you know we have there's a real live enemy out there that that's the author of quite a bit of things and and we live in a world where you know things go wrong and that's life. That doesn't mean God made them go wrong for on, for our benefit, but Given that we live in in this world, in this hour, where things do go wrong, um, God can resurrect us out of everything. And, and I, I think the key is that uh, when we say called according to his purpose, I mean, that has a very nebulous, you know, euphoric sound to it. And the fact is that what gets you through the present is knowing what course you're on. You know, knowing why it's worth it to go through difficult times because you understand something about your destiny and, and you have goals and, and you're going someplace with your life and, and you know that, that that direction, that purpose, that uh, plan that you have is part of God's kingdom. You know, that, that makes it a priority. And uh, I think the thing that, you know, when you talk about creative people or productive people or mature people uh, in business, it's amazing the, the things that uh, people that do a lot have to go through. Uh, and, you know, take, a, take businessmen, for example. I mean, uh, a lot of them have been through bankruptcy and business failures and, you know, backstabbing incidents from, uh, you know, associates and all that stuff. The, the, the people that make it are the ones that can take uh, a lick and keep on ticking. <laughs> and the reason they can is because they understand something about their course, their purpose, their destiny. They, they have something that they think is important that, that God's wired them for. And when you have that in front of you, uh, you know, you're, you become sort of bulletproof because God really will protect you and resurrect you uh, through whatever's required. And, you know, when you think about people like uh, David, and you would think like, okay, I can survive uh, every every external arrow that comes to me. But look at David's situation. I mean, he got bored one day and had that whole thing go on with Bathsheba, and she gets pregnant, and then he fixes, figures out a way to kill the husband. And after he tries to first he orchestrates a little scheme to try to to blame him for the pregnancy, that doesn't work. So then he has him killed. Then the baby is born and dies, 
and you know David's praying and fasting for this child and, and, and the baby dies and he gets up and, and uh, you know dusts himself off and he goes on with life and and then hundreds of years later we read in the book of Acts that this is a man after God's own heart and you know tell me that you've made a bigger mistake than that and and that you you can't also be called a man after God's own heart you know it's not nobody is immune from making mistakes nobody's perfect yet there's still uh, and uh, you know a path to grace there's still in the end no condemnation there's still a, a way out, no matter what happens, even if it's my mistake, you know, not let alone all the things that have happened to me that were somebody else's fault. Uh, even if it's my mistake, you know, we've got to know ahead of time that, you know, people aren't perfect, neither am I. Uh, and I you know, if, I, if I'm so afraid of making a mistake, it just means that I'm, I'm going to minimize the number of trades I take just for fear of losses. <laughs> and I'm going to... I'm going to take my best swing in this life because you know we only go around once, and uh, God's called us to do great things, and uh, <clears throat> you know we. I just think the heart of God is for those who contend for Him, those who try, those who give it their best shot. I, I think there's a grace on people to, uh, to 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 just say in their own hearts, you know what. I'm going to go for this. I'm going to be what God's called me to be. I'm going to, I'm going to believe Him that this dream can come true, and and I'm going to take a shot at it. I'm going to plan it out, and I'm going to live my life and try as hard as I can to make this dream come true for the sake of the kingdom. And those are people that God loves. He, he, you know, when you think of, um, you know, Abraham trying to trade his wife off, <laughs> you know, he's still the, the father of. You know the, the stars in the heaven. You know he, he's still, you know, God's man. And, and Jacob, you know, he tricks his brother and orchestrates this whole scheme that his mother puts him up to to, to uh, steal the inheritance from his father. And uh, you know he ends up walking with a limp after he wrestles with his angel. But you know God still changes his name to Israel. God's favor is on this guy, even though, from a moral standpoint, you can't call him clean. You know, you, you might be able to say he repented, <laughs> but that's that's as good as it gets. I mean, he he was, uh, you know, even his name means supplanter. <laughs> but he was competitive for you know God's purposes, and you know I, I'm not elevating lack of integrity or character at all. I'm just saying that whether you made the mistake or somebody else did, that, you know, there's a way out. And the more important issue is, do you know what course you're on, and are you serious about getting there? That's the that's the thing that I think uh, makes a huge difference for Christians. That we're you know we really are called to uh, to make a difference to. Uh, to love the Father and, and love people and, you know, accomplish some things while we're here. So whatever the, whatever the situation is then, no matter how horrific it might be, such as, you know, 
what David did or any of the rest of the ones. Uh, you know, every, everybody in the Bible, uh, with the exception of very few, everybody was a scoundrel. Everybody had some, you know, issue going on. Um, so this mess, you know, this hypothetical mess of my in my hypothetical life, whoever I am hypothetically, it will remain a mess except for I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. In other words, I continue to strive to align my heart with the heart of God, with the Father's heart. Then I'm assured, I'm given a promise in the word that says, if you'll love me and you'll follow my word, follow my heart, I'll turn this around. I'll make this a mighty achievement instead yeah. of a mighty mistake. Yeah. Now I would add one caveat to that, Dwayne. Okay. You don't have to align your heart. It's already been done. Hmm. Okay, go on. You Tell me more. You know, if you know, if you if you love drugs and boats, I mean that stuff will fall away as you mature. But the thing God really uh, wrote in there, He wrote it. You don't have to write it or align it or rewrite it or, you know, edit it. It's there. You know, you just have to be yourself. I mean, that, that's a, an aspect of faith that, that we all have to step into to realize that, you know, our everything from our personalities to our experiences to the desires of our heart, there's something sacred about all that stuff. It's, it's not just a... You know, a, a messy coincidental tragedy. <laughs> okay. There's there's genius behind your package, your personality, your <laughs> Dwayne's history. Yeah. Uh, you know your experiences, uh, your future. That that's a beautiful package, and, and you don't have to tamper with it a lot. You just have to live it. That's what that's what makes being a Christian exciting. You know, everything else, we're all this aligning. You know, living up to the rules, that's religion. We got something a lot better than that that's based on love. Okay, so then what you're saying is all I have to do is love God. Yeah, I mean, I mean that has a thousand ramifications. Or, or do I have to, do I, or, or has that already been done for me too? I think, you know, I think there's a huge place for our will. We have to choose. You know, to walk that stuff out. I mean, the, I can guarantee, even in, in your personal situation, you've got decisions before you about, you know, how much, how much are you going to bite off? And, and I don't think that's all prescriptive. I think that's a, a conversation that each of us have before the Lord. And, and I think the conversation goes something like this: that, um, you know, I think that the Lord can sort of give you a glimpse of how big it is. And, uh, and then you get to decide how much of it, how much of it are you going to bite off? Can, or if you can bite it all off, can you volunteer for more? And and if you could, would, would the Lord allow you to expand your tent, expand the borders of your of your tent banks? And the answer is yes. Uh, you know, I think we we each, from a, from the standpoint of our will, from the standpoint of volunteering, can. Uh, you know, move from 30 to 60 to 100 fold. I, I think that's strictly, and I think that God gets so excited when he finds a son or a daughter that's willing to say yes and willing to volunteer uh, to, to help build the kingdom. You know, we've got to, of course, we got to stay within 
what we were designed to do and called to do. I'm not saying anybody can do anything, but there are yeah. some things that Dwayne can do, and there are some things that John can do, that, uh, and we just need to say yes to them. You know, the opportunity's already there. It's already within the desires of our heart. But the scope of it is uh, like an accordion. You can make it big, or you can make it small. I just came from a huge, you know, I, I went through depression, I went through doubting everything about releasing kings, you know, the one knot I tied on the end of my rope, rope was that I, I wrote a newsletter every week, <laughs> but, uh, and, I, and I went for months and months and months saying, okay, this, I wrote this one, and it's not bad, but it'll probably be the last one. <laughs> <laughs> and every week there was one more. Oh, really? Wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, so now, you know, um, you know, everything is not fixed. Okay. I'm going back to Europe this fall. <laughs> when are you? When are you going? Do you know? Do you have? Some uh, front tentatively, plans? tentatively, we're in the Netherlands. I think November first and second, and then we're going to go to Poland. Okay. Well, part of the Netherlands. I've been to Amsterdam. Yeah, we fly to Amsterdam, and I have a good friend in the city on the southeastern coast. It's called Galician. And then uh, I think we make, make one opportunity in Rotterdam, and, and I also can't remember the name of the city, or I'm not sure they even told me the name of the city where. Okay. And so, when you go to these, do you do you preach? Do you speak? Do you teach? What, what goes on? We just share, you know, this kind of some of the same topics we're talking about here. Okay. Um, try to try to summarize the theological issues that hold people back. Try to build their vision for the seven mountains and, and just explain that concept and put it in the context of what God's doing in 2013, 14. You know, when you when you look around. You can see that uh, in, in every mountain. I mean, it's easy to see what's going on on the political mountain. I mean, God's shining a light on darkness. You know, He's raising up sort of prophetic voices in the media and the, the political mountain to to make some adjustments. You know, it's a huge turmoil right now. But, but you can see God's on the move, and and you can see that in every mountain. In education, you can see. You know, when you get over there and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, you can pick up on the on the, the calling and the destiny of the entire nation. You can pick up on where uh, where people are at in terms of their mentality and their their ability. And you can speak into those things in a way that moves them, you know, sort of the, to the next level. And you know, it's not like you know everybody's changing, but you know, our newsletter is going to like fifty or sixty nations, and and there are hungry people around the world that are saying yes to the Lord, and yes to this whole idea of marketplace ministry, and yes to the Seven Mountains concept. And they're taking the gospel of the kingdom into our society. And I, I just think it's one of the most exciting times in history to be alive. Because it's like, I think history will confirm this, but I believe we're in the middle of a reformation right now. I believe we're transitioning from sort of a church-only, you know, view of Christianity to 
making the application of the message of Jesus in every part of society. Uh, you know, no small battle. You know, I'm not predicting that it's going to be all, you know, all done in a few months at all. <laughs> I think it's huge. <laughs> I think it's going to go on for years. But we are privileged to be part of you know what he's doing, and to me, it's just exciting to to be part of that. I, you know, I, same for CFRM. You know, I just appreciate what you and Michael are doing, and you know, it, it's a sound. It's a sound in the business world, you know, in the trading realm, in the ministry realm. That it's like there's a trumpet, and people are being drawn toward. So, and I think when you connect the dots, there's a connection between Dwayne and the Reformation that's going on right now. So, there, I, I think there's... Uh, I accept that. <clears throat> there's, uh, you know, there are other aspects of who Dwayne is and what CFRN can become, can become that, you know, that as you... Oh, wait, with what CFRN, I mean, we're eight years in. Yeah. See, 2005. We're eight years in. We've we've just oh so barely scratched the surface. Yeah. I mean, we're taking the gospel to the four corners of the world 24/7. Yeah. Uh, we stream and we have been streaming uh, since 2005. But again, just scratching the, the the very surface because I I envision the day that there will be live programming 24/7. Yeah. Uh, and and you know. We'll see. We'll see how that unfolds. And uh, I see hosts in in different countries, in different nations. Uh, I log off here, and there's somebody in London, you know, logging on to do their show, and then somebody's picking up the, you know, the the mantle in Japan, and you know, and it just it just follows the sun yeah. around the globe uh, with live content, live programming, interacting with the audience. Uh, yeah. a, a comment here from the. Uh, Based on what we were just talking about with Romans, uh, with that scripture, uh, Iris shared, uh, we're all human, therefore, we all will be tried and tempted at some time in our lives. This life is to try us to prove to ourselves that we are worthy to live with Christ and God again. Repent is what Christ taught throughout his life. To all. Any yep. comments on that? Yeah, you know, you, you can follow that stream. It, I mean, it is a test, but it's it's more. It's not just a test for heaven. You know, the kingdom's here now. The, the kingdom started, um, you, know, you know, during the time of Christ, and it's been growing like a grain of mustard seed ever since. So we're not, we are not just being tested for the for the sake of going to heaven and getting crowns. This this kingdom is here and now, and this battle is real, and there really are uh, victories to be won, and, and there really are casualties. And this is real. It's, this is not just a test. We do get tested. Yeah. It's not not just a test. <laughs> it's not. It's one of the things that. It's not one of the things that, at all. One of the things Harold really impressed upon me when I when I met him and he spoke at our church was that, you know, being a Christian is so much more than not going to hell. Yeah, exactly. It's learning. It, I mean, resurrection life starts now. Exactly. It's, it's uh, you know, heaven, heaven has already begun as far as I'm concerned. 
Uh, now he, he he went on to clarify that. He said, "Now let me make this clear. If if that's all you want, if if you if you just want to, you know, not go to hell, you you can have that. You can yeah. be born again. You you can be a believer. You know, you come to church and read your Bible and and, and not go to hell." Mm. He says, "But I I just want you to know that there's so much more." And he took us through these four levels and the the fourth level and obviously the teaching was designed to try to get people to to look to that fourth level and the, des- the desire to be on that level as opposed to just settling because that's what it is it's just settling for the fact that okay I'm born again now I don't have to go to hell end of story there's so much more and that fourth level which was about relationship about being in relationship with God yeah. a relationship with the Father and that's you know that's where it's at, and, and and that's where we can all live. We can live on that level, that fourth yeah. level, if we choose to. Yeah. But again, it's a choice. He gave us free will. Yep. Um, I got a favor to ask. Sure. Why don't we could could you and I pray about the Netherlands and Poland and that part of Europe right now? And then, Absolutely. And just invite people to pray. I, I'm not. You know, I'm inviting people to pray for what we do in terms of releasing kings. But bigger than that, let's just pray for the kingdom of God to be established in the Netherlands and Poland and, and that part of Europe. Can we, can we do that for a couple minutes right now? Absolutely, brother. You go right ahead. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just uh, speak to people that you've already uh, called and established in uh, Poland and the Netherlands to... Uh, to establish a beachhead for the gospel of the kingdom, that, Father, the, the, the mountains, the, the people that you already have positioned, some of them are saved and some of them aren't saved yet, and, and some of them are, are saved and not mature yet. Father, we're asking you to intervene in those nations, that there's a destiny and a preciousness uh, on the Polish people, that, Lord, all the, all the suffering that they have gone through uh, in, in the last thousand years. Uh, there's a humility and a grace upon those people. That, Father, we're asking that you would orchestrate something great, something beautiful uh, out of your kingdom from, from those precious hearts over there. In the name of Jesus, Father, I'm just inviting your spirit to brood over the nation of Poland and uh, cause Cause that part of Europe to come alive in the name of Jesus. Cause those economies to come alive. Cause the, the education systems to glorify uh, glorify you, Lord. Cause the political systems to have a, a, an air of holiness about them. Father, we just treasure the, this uh, heart of Europe, the, the, the seedbed of, uh, of Europe, Lord. Let, let there be revival. Let Reformation uh, spring up again in that part of Europe, Father, and spread around the world. In Jesus' name, we just we just lift up these precious people, and we're inviting you, Father, to uh, do a great work in these, in these nations. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Father, I, I come alongside my brother, and I pray for a, an outpouring of your Spirit in this time, Yes. And on these people, these countries, these nations, Poland, Netherlands, Europe, God, there's, there is such a 
history of you and your presence in these places. But I've been to these places, God, and I know that while there are those there who love you with all of their heart and would give their life for you as you gave your life for us, there are there are there's a, a remnant of people who have turned cold and turned away from you. And I've I even I stood in some of your churches and I didn't feel your presence the way I felt it in other places. And I pray, God, that would change. That there would be a revival, a renewal of your yes. presence, that your spirit would be poured out upon these people. And as my brother travels and goes in November, if, if that's the appointed time that you have for him, that even now you would be doing a work there in the hearts of people, that they would be open to receive this message, that they would have ears to hear, eyes that see, that they would have a heart that can believe and know that you are God, that you are alive, that you are well, that you are on the throne. And you've prepared a place for us. And it's not just a faraway place, but it's a place right here, right now. A place where we can all come together. Love you. Love one another. Father, there's pockets in these countries where there's great turmoil and great strife and there's economic depression, there's problems in government. Certainly not unique to this part of the world, God, but I know that I know that you have something very special you want to do. I just pray for those on the ground, the ones that will be there to speak and to teach and to minister and to pray. I pray for miracles, God. I pray that there would be healing miracles, miracles of all kinds. The people would say, God was here. And then someone else would say, no, God is here. Your people hunger, thirst for your righteousness, God. We need your presence among us. Father, I'm praying that your blessing be upon my brother as he moves forward in this ministry that you've called him to, a ministry that helps to call others into their calling to do the very thing that you created each and every one of us to do. And some of us, God, we we stumble and struggle with that calling and knowing for sure what it really is. So I pray today that more so than ever, you would make it crystal clear to every person that's on this show today in this audience or anyone that listens to this podcast in days to come. Father, you know the need in each home, in each life. We need miracles here in America too. Father, I believe that there can be an outpouring of your spirit that covers not just Europe or not just America, but, but the whole world, and that we can be united, that this can become a time of reformation, renewal, revival, that we'll see a change in our culture, in our governments, 
in all of the seven mountains in the arts. We love you so much, God, and we do want to serve you. We want to do your will. We want to do it your way, not our way. Because sometimes our own thoughts can get in your way. But you've given us, you've given us thoughts and and desires, and we, we don't we don't want to just cast all of that aside. Yes, we're man and, and we're fallen, but yeah, but we, you you God created us in your image. I, I know that, and so let us rise up and let us put that mantle on that we were created in your image. That's how the world should see us. That they should the know. Thing, in Jesus' name. Go ahead. The other thing is, uh, you know, when you go to a place like that, and I feel this for America right now. Remember the uh, slingshot diagram that Michael was drawn last night? Just yeah. the, the concept of, uh, you know, being pulled back and... and to a point where there's enough tension to guarantee that the, you know, the slingshot's going to launch something, and you can feel that in the in the hearts of people. You can feel it in the atmosphere over there, and you know, doing the, the here's the the greatest thing about it is you understand the concept of a slingshot, and, and you can feel the potential that we're on the eve of something happening. But the other dimension is when, when we become kings and understand our course, we take that atmosphere with us so that, you know, you, we can go into areas that are not open and not ready and not receptive. And when, when, when we get there, the, the slingshot is, is already in place. <laughs> it's like... Um, we, you know, we have that level of authority in, in our relationship with the Lord. You know, when we understand our course and, and stay in the, in the realm of our heart's desire and that overlap with the Father's heart's desire, and just do the big thing that, that really is available to us, we take that dimension with us. You know, it's like wherever we go, there's a slingshot ready to execute. That's Amen. to me. That's the what's what's fun about you. Know, you talk about healings and prophetic anointing and all that stuff. I, I was I was totally taken aback because um, you know I, I don't regard myself as particularly charismatic. You know, I was raised on a ranch in Montana, and you know not not uh, streetwise necessarily by any means. Um, you know I have the deficit of being an engineer, not the greatest <laughs> communicator. You know, not somebody who was, you know, born being in touch with his heart. Yeah. I have all those things working against me, but I am totally amazed that, you know, when we go over there, the, the doors that swing open in the hearts of people and, and the, you know, the prophetic anointing and the, the healing and the, you know, the, the revelation and the networking with businessmen, uh, it's, it's just amazing. I think that you know we have that same opportunity in America as well, and, and my real message is we each carry that level of anointing. That you know uh, our atmosphere has been changed, but not only that, when when we walk into a dimension that we're called to, we change the atmosphere in that area. And 
it's like doors open and the way clears because the, the king of kings is you know in us and, uh, you know the way the way is open amen amen brother i was i was committed to today to keeping this to an hour because i have a <laughs> i have a meeting and so uh, <laughs> Here I go. Uh, but we got a little bit of a late start, so I won't be too hard on myself. I will have to run, though, and uh, I look forward to... Well, I'll, I'll be seeing you next week in the trading room or yep. in the prayer. And I want to encourage everyone again, you know, just Google Trader's Prayer Breakfast. And you can come hang out with us live in real time for 20 minutes every morning. We don't talk about markets. We talk about the things of God. We pray for one another. Okay? And it's just a sense of fellowship and community and it's a great thing, and I just encourage all of you, you can come. It doesn't cost you a thing. If I can try to sell you anything or even ask you for any money, just come. Just just soak it up. It's really, really a powerful time. There's a great anointing on that 30 minutes of the day, and I want you to be a part of it, whoever you are and wherever you are. You know, if, you, if you're outside the United States, figure out some way to make the Skype thing work. I mean... We live in an incredible world today. I mean, when I first started out in business, uh, our long-distance lines, they were called Watts lines back then. It cost $20 an hour to talk over long distance just here in the United States. And now for like 20 bucks a month, you can call anywhere in the world unlimited. It's just phenomenal. And I believe that's, that's all part of God's infrastructure because he said in the last days that knowledge will go to and fro and it'll be back you know like it's never been before we have technology and opportunities to reach people with the love of God like no one has ever had access to before this is a huge opportunity and so let's take advantage of it let's make mm -hmm. the most of it amen amen alright brother anything else you want to add here before we go I'm good appreciate the uh, phone calls I want to uh, want to let you know I'm available to help you uh, define your dream. <laughs> okay. I think it's I really bigger, appreciate that. bigger than you realize. Uh, all right, brother. Well, listen. You take good care. Have a great weekend. Thank you, and I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you next week. Okay. All right. All right, man. Take care. You're listening to CFRN, a community of believers who trade for a living. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and how we do it, call toll-free 1-866-928-3310 and we'll send you out a no-obligation information kit absolutely free. 866-928-3310.